KRCL, Salt Lake City. Homegrown's all right with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. Welcome to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9 FM. I'm Laura Jones and live in the studio with Aldine Strict 9, KRCL's punk rock farmer. Hey, Al. Boy, oh boy. It's great to be here in the new studio and broadcasting live. There's nothing like it. <laughs> Let's just uh, get folks up to speed here. You know, with COVID, everyone started home casting. We were able to stay in one of the studios for a while, and then uh, we started doing everything over Zoom and pre-recording. And Al, you're taking time out of your work day to meet up with me online on the Thursday to get everything recorded, and then we mix it down and get it on the air by Friday. Whew, I'm exhausted. <laughs> right? So when we do it live, it's one and done. Yeah. It's over. You go home afterwards. Yeah. Mistakes <laughs> and all, folks. So yeah. get ready for uh, who knows what's going to happen. But uh, what we like to do on Fridays, it's the Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition of Radioactive. Aldine, an old punk rock musician. We go way back. And uh, you've been gardening, farming, I would say, in your backyard for a while now, bringing us true tales from the agri-hood along with it. Uh, you know, and there's lots going on in our agri-hood. Uh, we have a great show tonight. Representative Stephen Handy was very nice to come uh, to come down and join us here live in the studio. And Cymbria Patterson's here. And we're going to talk about what's going on on the Hill. And the session is winding down. And we'll talk about some successes and some failures. And yeah. just and five years of the food local food advisory council. And there's a new commission that they're trying to stand up. I'm not sure it's going to happen this year, but you know the beauty of the folks we got with us? They're, they're sticking with it. They're, they're going to see it for the long game that it is. So stick around for that. Plus, Aldine's Urban Farm Report with Mary Beth Janerick. So and, and more exciting stuff. We're going to talk about plant sales. We're going to talk about getting started growing workshops, things that are going on with the WCG driving force in the nonprofit uh, local food agri-hood here, um, doing great things. And we'll, they have a whole year laid out in front of us. We'll talk a little bit about it. Oh, and they announced the date for the in-person. I was going to say that. So I stole your thunder. Well, what's, what's in-person? It's going to be in-person, the plant sale this year. Woo! So that is a really a, something to really, really yeah. look for. To. Yeah. So stick around for all of that. Plus, we've got Skywatcher Leo T on ha on tap with as many cultures one sky report, and uh, we do have an artist coming in. She's she's uh, I think got stuck by the train crossing coming <laughs> over here. But Monica Pascal is back in Utah. Her band Blame Sally in San Francisco for ten years. Moved back to help her mom at the start of COVID. Put out an album that uh, uh, didn't see the light of day in any clubs because you know what clubs all shut down it seemed mm -hmm. like so this is a, a new song she wrote about that situation it's called hometown monica pascal fresh and homegrown right here on krcl 90.9 fm Probably much 
Everyone else was out drinking Like old friends, it's their theme But I couldn't pretend So instead I got lost Passed by a boy and a girl Making out in the street Poster of me in the band on a wall I thought about you and I cried Cause I knew what you'd say Nothing's as real when it's just my own eyes As the Skywatcher Leo T here. Get out your starry eyes and trace out Monoceros. It's the unicorn dancing behind Orion. Spot this stellar creature in binoculars with star clusters forming his eyes and horn tips. And while you have the binos out, don't miss M41 under bright twinkling Sirius. Messier Object 41 is an open cluster in the constellation Canis Major, the big dog, sometimes referred to as the little beehive cluster. And near the moon in the morning, Zubin el Ganubi, that's the brightest star of Libra. In other deep space exploration, the Hubble telescope scores a rare galaxy crash, creating a cosmic triangle and a tidal wave of star birth. This head-on collision between galaxies has created a vast cosmic triangle in deep space glittering with star formation. And a new image captured by the Hubble Space Telescope. See the Skywatcher site for photos and sources from this segment. And the deep space probe that explored Pluto, NASA's New Horizons, which was the first spacecraft to visit it, and the only one so far. It kept firing way out to a distant Kuiper Belt object known as Ultima Thule. You remember that? Looks like a charcoal briquette in space. It's just one of five spacecraft to reach 50 times the distance between the Sun and the Earth on its way out of the solar system and eventually out into interstellar space joining the Voyager spacecraft. And NASA will launch a rocket to provide a crow's eye view of the Russian-Ukraine situation. Ironically, this rocket built by ULA and the Northrop Grumman Corporation both use Russian-made engines. The same Antares rocket launched to the International Space Station just a couple of days ago with 8,000 pounds of supplies. 
Here's energy to the little friendship and space we have left with other countries. Hope it can continue in the name of peace. On Skywatcher Leo T, it's one sky, many cultures. Time to take the little spaceship around the globe to Eastern Europe and the Ukraine. In Ukrainian traditional folklore, the Pleiades, or Seven Sisters, can be traced to a storehouse for hay or crops, also known as a granary. It is also seen as the root or hundredth fold glowing or a hundred embers. According to this legend, seven maids lived long ago. They used to dance the traditional round dances and sing the glorious songs to honor the gods. After their death, the gods turned them into water nymphs and having taken them to the heavens, settled them upon the seven stars where they dance round their dances. Symbolic for moving the time to this day. In Ukraine, this glowing cluster is considered the female talisman. The whole earth can enjoy the Pleiades or Seven Sisters in peace with the Ukrainian stargazers. So keep hope going, look up, look around, and get lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Many cultures, one sky with Skywatcher Leo T. Right here on the Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition of Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones, and Al, you heard him work in the Ukrainian stargazers trying to to connect the dots between us and our fellow humans suffering greatly over in Ukraine. And I want to let folks know, before we get to our legislative update here as part of Rallies and Resources, that uh, tomorrow, 12 noon at the Utah Capitol in support of the sovereign nation of Ukraine, there will be a rally. Got this email from the Ukrainian consul, the honorary consul here in Utah, Jonathan Friedman. And they urge the international community to show solidarity with Ukraine by immediately imposing the massive coordinated sanctions against Russia, which made, which must include cutting off Russia from SWIFT, isolating Russia in all possible international forums, supporting Ukraine with weapons, protective equipment, fuel, and whatever is necessary to counter the biggest army on the continent, they say. And so tomorrow they ask you to come out and join them in that ask. At noon at the Utah Capitol, lawmakers still in session i'm guessing some will be hanging around on the weekend as we're heading into the last week aldine busy up there on the hill right now lots of stuff going on and that's what we're talking about now with our friend simbria patterson in the studio with us here on krcl from red acre center yes and Stephen handy representative handy's here with us and i know i know how busy it is up on the hill and we're really appreciative that you came and uh, joined us Five years ago, when the local food advisory council started, you came in with Cimbria, and we did one of these legislative updates. Gosh, was it, five years? it was five years ago, and so uh, be, uh, before that, the climate in our agrihood community. There's so many different folks. There's large farm, large producers, small producers. There's urban farms. There's rural stuff. There was a lot of turmoil going on. Some certain bills that were proposed didn't match uh, the small guy this and that and this is why uh, expound a little bit on why the the advisory council started up yeah al it's so great to be here laura it's so great to be here this thank you for coming beautiful new studio i've been to your old one before it's apartments now it smells very (laughs) nice in here it's just i love it it's just very very fun so i i have been interested in natural resources and uh, i was on the committee in fact that's where i met simbria and, uh, and Sarah uh, a few years ago, and there were these issues coming through, very difficult, like cow share and, and uh, bees and things like that. And in the compressed pressure of a 45-day legislative session, you just really can't give it the attention that it needs. And so I went on a trip uh, with the National Conference of State Legislatures, and we went to North Carolina. 
and we were it was an agriculture i'm not an ag person but i i love it and i i you know have some little bit of roots there and so they were talking about there something called the local food advisory council in north carolina and i thought what a good idea i came back and talked to the came back and talked to commissioner adams at the time luann adams I said, is this a good idea? And she said, this is a great idea. So I ran a bill that established this for five years. And what it really does is it's given a voice to the local food, I don't want to say movement, but those interested in local food. And we have done amazing things. We have a broad-based group of individuals on there. And so now it's it was for five years, and so statutorily we are re-upping it. And so Senator Davis and I... Uh, it's 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 there. It's done. It's re-upped for five years, and we've done some great things there. And there's another bill I'll talk about that came out of there, uh, the farm to farm to school bill. When you want me to, Al. So the the sun the sunset was setting on this. Um, the sunset was setting. The sunset was <laughs> yeah. setting, and yeah. it's been it's gone all the way through. It's yeah. HB two ninety seven, and exactly it's right. all the way through. And you're with us for another five years. Another, for another five years, all we have to do is get Governor Cox to sign this, and I'm sure he will. And and um, so much good work's been done. I remember. Here's a funny. Here's a little funny note. When we came in the first time, I. After the, we were on the air, I, I asked Simbri, I said, what do you think? It sounds good. It sounds like it's going to be good for the little guy, you know, for us and stuff. And she's like, we'll just have to see. <laughs> yeah, she didn't. Simbri and I, we're, we're, we're kissing cousins now, not really, but but we're, we're you know, aligned on this and we work well together. But she didn't know what it was. And Gina Cornea, for another one from Utah's you know, Against, Against Hunger. Hungry, she also, they, they, were, they were distrustful. What is it that... But, I, I, I hope people know me. I'm sincere, and, and this is this is nothing but trying to provide that voice, which we have, Simbria, don't you think? Oh, yeah. We yeah, have. Yeah. And, and so now you guys are working together. She's on the council. Yeah. Yes, she is. Um, How many years did that take again? <laughs> a few. Yeah, a few. A few. Yeah, she, but yeah. um, there's there's some bills that – there's bills that come along that, that um, kind of um, – not they don't change ones that have already been instated, but they they kind of mm, they Why counter they counter them a little bit in yeah. different ways. And this one is four twenty three, and I know you both will probably speak to it, but you want to speak to it a little bit because you guys are kind of work together on Go this ahead, one. Yeah. This year's cleanup bill for the department. Right. So right. Representative Handy was there last year, carried that bill, and um, we pointed out that. Because that's why we have balances, checks and balances. And the legislature's there to keep those institutions or departments in check. And I brought up something that said, do you realize this will hurt the small producers? And he, he you know, he zoomed them in right away because that was last year. And they had a quick conversation and he fixed it just like that. It was like magic. And well, so- and that's the beauty of Red Acre Center and why you started the nonprofit was to bring that perspective to the Hill. Because when you talk about small producers, you're talking about smaller than small farms yeah. which yeah. may have not been on the radar right. representative handy right for sure and and you know he could there's no way that these, these representatives have a lot of bills he can't know about everything in there it just looked like standard language to him the department ran another cleanup bill this year and this time it it the poultry bill that was passed it would have made it difficult i hate to use the word undone but that's basically what would have happened with a bill that representative roberts last year it was eggs this year it was poultry and we were there and this and is about the small it. farmers like i'm thinking clifford eggs which is, exactly. has, has a couple of yeah. battles about its size relative to small yeah. farmers which are now the big farmers to the 
smaller producers like Clifford Eggs, <laughs> yeah. I would say. Yeah. Would that be fair to say, Representative Handy? That would be fair to say. Uh, and, and this is so great. I mean, you know, people, they get this idea, but, you know, we're just trying to do, you know, good things. And it's great to have citizen lobbyists like Sarah and Cimbria and others who are watching things because, you know, you have so many things you don't really know. You don't understand the unintended consequences until someone comes and say did you know and say oh that wasn't the intent at all let's let's get that let's get that fixed and that's well, and you're happened. not there to choose sides in terms of yeah. what size is a small farmer you're not exactly. trying to put your finger on the scale there exactly. I'm on the scale okay i want to talk a little bit about uh, you know that we have successes and we have and we have failures but um let's talk about some successes so through the years there's been quite a bit of funding that's come through what are some of the good things that have happened well Stephen? one of the great ideas that came out of the first year of uh, of uh, local food advisory council was this notion of double up food bucks so we yeah. were working with the with uh, the Department of Health and uh, they uh, you know s- folks on SNAP low-income folks on SNAP so we put had an appropriation it was four hundred thousand dollars ongoing to add this ten dollars isn't it simple it's ten dollars I think or more to a SNAP um, to to a, to a SNAP uh, it's like a doubling double up see help me I've lost the number oh, but no, no, no. so they can spend up to 30 so they can spend up to 30 and so so this is available at, at our you know we have 50 or 60 farmers markets I don't even know how many we have in the state maybe more than that and uh, so a huge success so it's for for our farmers it's giving them more opportunity for you know a certainty in in their markets mm-hmm. and it provides more nutritious foods for folks. I think Allison Anderson at the downtown farmers market said, you know, it's been banner year at the winter's market, yeah. the winter market, and folks coming in using their double up bucks and SNAP benefits. So it's it's well received by the consumers. Yeah, what I'm getting at. So so happy about this. So proud of this. Because of that, though, because of that funding, they've been able to get it to CSAs, and now there's several farm stands yeah. that are using it in the state. And without that funding. And those bigger small farmers that maybe weren't doing CSAs now see, oh, here's a market that we can all uh, play into. Let's let's talk about uh, this year there was a farm to school bill and it was really big and it would have fit went through. It would have been really wonderful. It didn't quite make it this one. What does it take to push some of these bills through? What kind of what kind of stuff is behind the scenes that goes on? Yeah. What what's the concern? Is there concern about politics coming into farm to school yeah it, it's 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 beyond me but let me just give you a really really quick overview of what happened so this was an idea that came out of uh, local food advisory council which is what we wanted it to do let's come out with ideas let's vet them here and then let's take them forward and so uh uh at the at the U- utah state board of education simply what's her name i can't think of it right now kate uh, wheeler oh kate wheeler just an absolute passionate bright individual and so she said, let's run a bill. So she and I worked on this all summer, finally got to a point where what was going to happen, there are just incredible barriers getting our local products into our schools. I mean, there are many, many problems. You wouldn't think that there would be, but they're just almost insurmountable. And she's been doing it on her own. So the Department of Health and the Department of Agriculture, we were asking for two additional full-time employees. Well, this passed through the House Committee, passed through the House, went to the Senate Committee, and died there this earlier on Thursday this week. I didn't see it coming. It was a two-to-two tie vote. Senator Davis, bless his heart, was late. He would have voted in favor. But the concern was, even from a person, Senator Sandal, let's call him out, uh, who's a farmer and a rancher, 
This is growing government. Can't this be done in other ways? My argument was, we have vetted this over several years. No, this cannot be done in other ways. We have to have these additional people. To Other people, they're doing it part-time in ag and in health. These have full-time dedicated people. So let's keep our eye on the ball. Look, we want for This is good for farmers. This is great nutritionally for kids in schools. And I, I mean, I told, I talked about this with the PTA. They love this, of course. Lots so of really, support. Really That's disappointing. Disa- that is disappointing. Laura, really disappointing. That's, and your your buddy Gene Davis. Yeah. <laughs> Al, I'm, I'm, yeah, he was late. He was late. But, he's but that shows you. He's he's. Yeah. It happens, and he's a great guy, and it's just being living the yeah. living human race. You know, we just make you know. Well, so happen. so then, what happens over interim now? Do we double down and renew our efforts? Well, we will we will do the bill again next year. No question about it. I think we've got to go back to the drawing board. We talked when we came out in the hall afterwards. We were all kind of in shock. And I was apologetic. Did I uh, did I fumble the ball? And Simbri was there, and it was just one of these things that, and I, and and we said, let's come back and do this maybe as a pilot. I like that. To then prove over a few years, look what this is doing. And I think we've got to lower our expectations a little bit, and we've got to work with ag and health and say, give us a half a person. Well, especially if you want to grow the next generation of farmers, I'm sure you're well aware what's happening with the state of the American farmer and the reducing numbers, the suicide and depression uh, rate. And so if you want to support the farming community, you've got to connect the kids to it. Yeah. This is, you know, in the old story, you know, kids think that, you know, milk comes from a carton, (laughs) you know, they don't know where it comes from. But just and this part of this was, you know, gardens and and, and gardens and schools. Mm -hmm. I thought that was another neat aspect of this, trying to provide education. Uh, And so I'm I'm licking my wounds. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling very bad, bad about this. Something to pay attention to. Al. We got to tell folks out there listening. This is uh, a kind of bill that, you know, you get behind and you even though it's down now for the year, you can still write your lawmaker and say, I want you on this in an interim. Yep. It's stuff that, yep, stuff you can always do. And Simbri is really great about uh, educating us and getting us up there on the hill. She's gotten me up there. She's gotten me to talk to my senator and my rep and had them come to the rotunda to, to our little, we have a, a luncheon on the hill. Yeah. Good stuff. All, all this stuff matters. And, and these guys are here and yeah. they're willing to talk to you. The and studio. they want to know what's <laughs> going on. And it's really amazing. It, it's, it's a great thing to be able, try to be a little bit a part of the lawmaking process yeah. it's really good Absolutely. um let's talk about 297 so it went through and um it was there any little tweaks to it or anything like that is it the same same is it just reinstate the council for five more years what we did is we added one person a food distributor it added a food distributor and so it lists in it lists in this in the statute in the bill who's on this a food distributor, and it's so great because the Department of Ag has embraced this totally. You know, uh, uh, Callie uh, Nielsen is staffing; she has twenty-five percent of her time for this, and she's just great to keep us organized. And even virtually, it's just a, it's a great. We only meet quarterly, and then we have four uh, different uh, subgroups looking at uh, looking at things like production, and looking at things like regulations, and looking at, at things like uh, distribution, and things like. Um, uh, land, else, management. land management, land uh, management, ag preservation, and we need to now that we're now that we've been re-upped, if you will, we need to go back and and relook at all this, re-energize and refocus, and we'll keep doing good things. Awesome stuff, really great, Simbria. Anything you want to add? You've been up there the whole time. Uh, any bills that you've been watching? I know, 
I know you guys are there every day. If I try to call you, I'm at the hill. I'm on the hill. <laughs> so what's been going on with this year's session? It's almost over. Well, he has some asks. So we've been watching appropriations for the Farmer's Market Network. And Allison has the ask for the public market. And they'll be talking. They'll start, they'll start talking about that money tonight and then on Monday and next week. So yeah, there's only next week. And then we're done. Well, they wait because they have to balance the budget. You want to add a little bit to that, Stephen? Yeah, I'll just say that, you know, so you can have, people understand, you know, a bill. There's also, we have in our system called an the, the, the RFA, a request for an appropriation. So I sponsored the appropriation through Utah State for, it's a $50,000 request to help them build a network, uh, a, a digital network for these farmers markets, a centralized network. And so I think that that's going to get funded. Uh, in a $24 billion budget, hopefully 50000 we can find that. Yeah. And then, you know, and then the other one is at, with Allison Imerson is uh, for to do a feasibility study. It's $235,000 to look at the Rio Grande. What really can we do with this? Could it be a year-round farmer's market like yes. a Pike Street? Could it be? Yes. And it, it's a <laughs> tremendous idea, but we have to. It's a state building. It's going under a lot of repair. Uh, because of the earthquake and it's just old and you know it's just it's in transition but with everything that's happening on the west side there it's just marvelous and so we're going to look at that very good Remember, you weren't here with us last week because you went to the soil conference down in st george and what happened with that i still can't believe it so i was on the front page of the tribune i missed a bill in 2021 (laughs) imagine that there udaf has put in statute, like what he was trying to do with the farm to school bill, a soil health committee, and they, that, um, I can't remember his name now. Gosh, I t- Tony, trying to, Richardson, I think his name is. Anyway, it's awesome. He's the program director, and they put on this soil in the West conference, and I just had to pinch myself the whole time because they're talking about no-till. They're talking about cover cropping. They had a couple organic pieces in there, but they still had all the guys who, you know, they're still, they're using fertilizer and they're using weed killers, but they're talking about, you know, how do we use less? And there were some really awesome presenters and it was all climate related because we get people from back east because the big names aren't necessarily in the west and so everything was focused on our climate our water conditions and it it was great to just see what and that department that's in statute so that they have a whole committee that'll just be working on that and it's appointed and so there's really good things happening with that they did us we're 42 in the country for soil health and conservation. Oh, so we can this will change that. Right. Is, they're absolutely heading that yeah. way. So yeah. uh, I'm going to ask Stephen if he wants to say anything else, but I know you want to get a plug in for the center and, and you have a fundraiser coming up and it's in March. Yeah. And tell us about it. So that is Snuck Farm, a little bit south of here. Beautiful. Representative Handy needs to go there. It's probably one of the most beautiful farms in the Let's state. It. It's a legacy project and. Uh, they don't normally open the venue. They do hydroponics. They don't open it to weddings, but they're going to allow us to do a fundraiser there with the Heirloom Group. It's a beautiful group of um, chefs that, that's communal in Provo. And so they've offered to give their time, and they're bringing in local artwork. And it's only limited to 50 seats, and it will be the evening of the 24th. And the, and the artists, and they're having their big thing was to have farmers sit at the table with the guests. Oh, so, I like that. Yeah. 
It's $250 a ticket, but it's a fundraiser. It'll be beautiful, be unique to be able to be on Snuck Farm. And it's kind of our celebration after the session this year and being able to do something for the first time since 2019. Very good. Anything you can you want to add about the session this year, Stephen? Well, this is the this is the year of water. This is the year of the Great Salt Lake. I mean, the, the, the mind blowing money forty million dollars uh, to, to set up this uh, commission for the Great Salt Lake. I mean, two hundred and fifty million dollars for secondary metering. I mean, that's huge, a huge issues. shift. To These get are that. things coming from you know Americans, the ARPA funds. And, uh, you know, you can say what you want to say about it, but we have the money and let's spend it and let's put it to good use. And, and these things are, it's just, it's, it's generational, monumental what's happening and the attention with water, the Great Salt Lake this year. I mean, this is just, it's going to be fun to look back 10 years from now and see what happened. To see if we actually made a difference with this yes, once in a lifetime it's once in a injection lifetime. of capital. Once in a lifetime. Well, Representative Handy, you are welcome here anytime. Please tell your fellow Republicans. Love to come back anytime. <laughs> you survived like. coming to, to care, CL. It's great. I love it. And we'll put a link in the show notes so people can Thank contact you. you. And Simbria, what is the website for Red Acre Center so people can check you out? Redacrecenter.org. And the dates for the Farm and Food Conference for 2023? Oh my gosh! <laughs> January thirteenth, they usually right around there. Right? <laughs> Second weekend in January. There you go. So, folks, check tonight's show notes for that. All right. Thank you so much. We're going to swap out some folks. I have to call an audible because I haven't done this in a while, Al. But <laughs> we're going to train yourself. I know, right? We're going to pass that microphone as you guys uh, put down your headphones and head on out of the studio. And Monica Pascal is going to join us here as we uh, switch to our fresh and homegrown music on the station, KRCL, long known for supporting uh, local musicians. And Monica, back in town after what, 10 years or so? (laughs) More than that, but uh, big family ties in Utah. Your mom, the artist Pilar Pobil, many people are familiar with with her work. But uh, thank you so much for finding our studios, first of all. Uh, oh, I know. Welcome. I'm so sorry that I was. That's like... okay. No, no, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> we just getting that mic in front of you, and we played earlier "Hometown," which was your song about moving back here, right? Yeah. Brand was... new world world debut. Yeah, that was the first time it's been played anywhere, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'd mentioned to you when I met you that I was, I released an album about a month and a half before. Well, just at the end, right of, before uh, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> twenty twenty and had to cancel all my tour dates and any radio and just gave up kind of I just my whole life changed all of a sudden yeah as so many people's did but people probably remember you from a few gigs at say the Utah Arts Festival or yeah, something like the that State room. well I played here a lot with uh Blame Sally my mm-hmm. band that uh we toured quite a bit um up until 2014 and then I played here also, usually with events uh, related to uh, my mom's foundation, the Pilar Pobill Legacy Foundation. So I've done some fundraisers at the JCC and in her garden. There you go. And Al, we've talked to a lot of musicians about what COVID's done to them, the number it's done on their ability to play out, gig, make money, but also creativity, right? Right. We've all felt it. It's um, I've, I've played about four or five gigs in the last two years. And uh, you miss you know, it. it. You miss it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the album you put out, we're going to hear the title track here. You can't kill light. Tell us about the song. I wrote this song um, actually a couple of years before I uh, started actually doing an album. I did record this song really quickly um, the week before Donald Trump's inauguration. And that 
time, which I think we're sort of feeling very similar at this very moment right now, um, it just seemed like, how is it possible that things could be this bad? I, I just, I don't know if, of course, we remember, but it was just, it, we were stunned, yeah. I think. And uh, my mom, who is a survivor of the Spanish Civil War and lived under Franco, um, actually had a stroke the two days after Trump was um, elected, and it was completely related to the election. She was just, she had such post-traumatic stress uh, at the time, for several weeks, we didn't know if she was going to make it or not, and she's had this incredible recovery. But I just, like so many people, was incredibly depressed. And then one day, woke up, wrote this song. I had a studio date for another song that I was going to record, and I wrote this one, and I was like, oh, my God, I've got to record this song. And in a day, recorded the song with my uh, engineer that I've worked with for years, uh, mastered it the next day and over the next three days made a video and released it on the morning of the inauguration and then it got a lot of play uh, mostly through Facebook and then in radio stations and stuff and around the Women's March and I've played in the Bay Area Women's March a couple of years so has that and uh, yeah it got played a lot in Germany and stuff because I toured right after so. Well, that brings up what's going on in Ukraine right now. And mm -hmm. as a musician, you make a song, you're inspired by a certain moment in time, but then right. it takes on a life of its own. Right. And it feels like at least the phrase, the title phrase, you can't kill light, is something that people need right now. We need it. It's hard to um, remember that sometimes. And uh, yeah, I hope that, that, that this makes us feel a little better for a minute. This is Monica Pasquale with You Can't Kill Light, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. They build a fire, fire burns bright. You can blow hard, but you can't kill light. We come together, sometimes we fight. You can knock us down, but you can't kill light. You can't kill light. You can't kill light. We build a railroad out of the past. We nailed down. And we won't go back High in your towers Of steel and glass You can sign the order But we won't go back We won't go Now you want it for yourself, but 
Black Artists Collective connects and showcases artists of color throughout the state. The nonprofit also offers a mentorship program for young artists of color. More details at ublack.org. That's ublac.org. It's been a long winter, but here comes springtime. Getting excited to get out. It's time to get out. We have to see the mountains and the prairies and the whole rest of that song. The return of the KRCL record sale will be coming up. Hopefully, we can gather and share some music. But right now, we're looking for donations. Maybe you got a box of old records in the attic or the basement, and maybe it's time to donate them to a good cause, your community radio station. And we can pass them on to the next music lover so they can enjoy your 33 and a third treasures. Get with Eric. Eric N. at krcl.org. That would be nice. Yes, that would be nice, folks. In fact, down here at our new studios, Al, I think you noticed on your way in, the uh, record bins that we've got set up for the donations. Yes, so I did see that. Stuff is coming in, and I'm just like, can I go take a look? And it's like, slap that hand, slap <laughs> that hand, save it for the people. But you're listening to the Radioactive Show with Aldine Strick, on KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer, and myself, Laura Jones. Democracy Now! coming up at 7, and then at 8 o'clock tonight, not a side show with Circus Brown. Friday night, Fallout with Keith and Nate at 10.30, and then 1 a.m., get your liquid rhythms with Kimberola. And Saturday Breakfast Jam with Shanalee at 7. Trying to get my groove, my rhythm here, Al's. We're finally <laughs> back live in the studio, and I'm so excited for your guest this evening for the Urban Farm Report. Urban Farm Report. Every week we do it. We talk a little bit about what's going on with our in our agri-hood with some of the major growers and folks and nonprofits and things. Mary Beth Janerick is with us, my dear friend, and um, from Wasatch Community Gardens. Mary Beth, I'm so excited. I already started to grow stuff. I know. I see your <laughs> photos. It's, a, it's very, very exciting. We're um, starting as well. We've already started, we, meaning James uh, Loomis, our Green Phoenix Farm Director, has already sown our death pepper seeds for the death pepper plants at the plant sale which we'll talk about here in a minute i think yeah they they take a long time right they take a long time yeah they do yeah and and so lots of things in the last couple of years uh, the pandemic has not slowed down the wcg you guys have the campus and tell folks a little, the Grateful Tomato Garden, one of my favorite spaces, but it's expanded into the, a third of the whole block. Well, it is. It's it's grown tremendously. And yeah, the pandemic did not slow us down. It shook us up, but uh, we continue to, to work and um, evolve and develop. And one thing that we were extremely fortunate um, to have happen to us was we were able to purchase the three historic homes that are immediately east of our historic Grateful Tomato Garden. Uh, we, under Ashley Patterson's direction over the last 10 years of her tenure there, um, she was charged with finding a permanent home for Wasatch Community Gardens. And 
there's no better home than right next door to our foundation garden. And so the the Grateful Tomato Garden, if folks don't know, it's 6th South, 8th Eighth East, eighth south, eighth south, sixth east. east. A little dyslexia there, and it's uh, that place. That garden has an easement on it, doesn't it? A it, conservation it does. easement, so, so it's it not will going anywhere. Always be a green space, correct? Right. Um, and we own that property, uh, which is really special. Um, the, there's still a very large section of the property that is community garden space, rented out to folks that you know rent their plots on an annual basis to grow food for themselves and their families. And then we have greatly expanded the teaching gardens. So I cannot wait to have more in-person classes. We had our first in-person class since before the pandemic last weekend uh, on basic fruit tree care and fruit tree pruning. We've got a bunch of new fruit trees because, you know, really, kale or pluots. <laughs> you know, kids and even grown-up kids are going to really enjoy having some fruit there. Uh, so we've got lots of berries and brambles, unusual berries, um, really fun and different berries to introduce people to, lots of fruit trees, um, lots of in-ground beds and deep raised beds and short raised beds and all different kinds of things to inspire and educate. So go back to the teaching part of the gardens. There used to be one box there that you grew <laughs> teaching stuff in. <laughs> I Yeah, I had about 40 square feet of in-ground garden space and a whiskey barrel. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, you emptied the whiskey barrel first, right? <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. The barrel. Um, and then you know we kind of started collaborating the the adult education program and the youth program so that adults could plant in beds uh that would later be harvested for children programming so maybe the kids would harvest or the youth program would harvest and and serve healthy snacks to the kids so we did start to collaborate in this space understanding that we were you know hoping to have a shared garden at some space at some point but we never realized it would be on that same property oh so good so we worked you know night and day for a couple of years um lots of us in collaboration putting together a plan for a space that will accommodate small groups medium groups large groups multiple groups at the same time uh we drastically improved the um accessibility so there are ADA accessible pathways throughout the whole space. Um, and we're finding that those, those wider paths with more solid footing also just facilitate passage through the garden yeah. mm -hmm, um, for, mm -hmm. for all people and for groups. So we went over there in what, the fall and checked it out, Al? Oh, yeah. It's so nice. It's come even farther since then. It has. And um, things are starting to wake up in the garden. And I just can't wait to see like our insectary strips come to life. You know, we put in uh, one very large and one sort of smaller insectary strip. Full what of is that? That is a planting, a garden full of flowering plants and grasses that provide not only food in the form of nectar and pollen, but also habitat for beneficial insects. Because bringing beneficial insects to the garden is one of the best strategies we have to combat insect pests. So there are bugs that eat other bugs, right? So you think about uh, a praying mantis. They're a generalist predator. They're going to eat whatever they can grab with those big 
paws that they have. And I'm sure the entomological term is not paw, but um, <laughs> they will <laughs> kill and Mandible? eat j- no, just what? about anything. That's the other thing. Okay. Um, but there are other insect pests that are very, uh, I'm sorry, insect predators or parasites that target specific insect pests. And so when you have this mixed planting that's very biodiverse with, you know, coneflowers and grasses and, um, you know, all different tick seed and, you know, dahlias and uh, blue flax and all different sizes and shapes and colors of blossoms. Um, it is absolutely incredible the variety and diversity of um, beneficial insects that come to the garden that help us grow organically. Well, we could basically rip our strip and put that in almost, it sounds like, to, to help the the grazing potential of of insects and well pardons. absolutely and it to help folks in that regard not only will we be having uh workshops on how to plant an insectary but we do have a resource available right now for free on our website so if you go to wasatchgardens.org and hover over community education there's a little drop down menu and the third option is resources if you click on resources i think the very first little tab that comes up says insectaries Uh, And it has a picture of these beautiful, deep orange coneflowers. So you just click on that. There's a list of everything that we have planted in ours, a description of how you can go about doing this. Because, you know, you can design it in your mind, and then you go to the nursery during a pandemic, and you're not going to find everything you want, right? Because we've we've had supply chain issues all over the place. So you do the best you can and, and get a variety of interesting things. And the bugs come, and it's so cool. And so that strip is going to start to come alive. The the fruit trees that we planted in the fall are just starting to show signs of awakening. Your uh, your vegetable beds are amended and ready to plant They're amended veggies. Amended and ready to go. We've got the humic acid and the biochar and the cover crops, and we'll have students come and help us turn in those cover crops and learn why and how cover crops are used. Um, We've already terminated one of our beds of daikon in our new teaching tunnel. I mean, you guys, the, the possibilities tunnel. are... We have a teaching <laughs> tunnel. Um, it is a, a high tunnel, polytunnel structure, so sort of like a soft-sided greenhouse with ventable sides, drop-down sides, but it's a teaching space. So everything we do there is in the service of sharing education with the community. So uh, you mentioned workshops and webinars. Let's touch a little bit about that before we get to tomorrow tomatoes because you know we're going to talk tomatoes oh, of course. we don't care if there's snow on the ground outside no we'll talk tomatoes are... in the dead of winter you and i absolutely <laughs> um so okay so workshops and webinars you know for the last two years we've been doing um online virtual education so uh, most Wednesdays, March through September, we have a Facebook Live in the afternoon at 4.30. So that's free and available to anybody that wants to follow us on social media. And it's we call it garden coaching. It's free garden coaching, very seasonal advice, what you should do in your garden this week. What we're seeing, what you need to be doing and thinking about. That's option number one. Option number two is on that resources page I was just mentioning. We put together some educational videos last year. So if you want to learn about potatoes and we don't quite yet have a potato class available, you can go and watch a 10 minute video that we made uh, giving you the tips and tricks you need to learn how to plant tomatoes. 
Um, and then, of course, we started webinars. We had to pivot. We were a little dizzy from pivoting, like everyone else. <laughs> um, and we put together a series of webinars, and we are continuing to offer that. What we realized is people really like staying at home in their pajamas with their coffee or what have you. And, you know being able to get up and walk around, do whatever they want and learn, go back and watch the recorded version later if they, you know, have to divert for a few minutes or something. And th it's just a really popular format. And you can also t teach 60 people at the same time. Right. So, uh, you know, it was a tough learning curve. Um, you rocked it. What are you talking about? But, you know, hey, now I know how to do this technology and people love it. So we're continuing to do that. It's also really popular for folks that still want to wear masks and, you know, want to not be in a crowded space. I think, you know, that's a really, it's going to be a difficult transition for a lot mm -hmm. of people, including me. Yeah. You know, I came in in a mask and I'm like, ah! it's just, it's a transition that we're in, right? Um, but we had these great teaching gardens and they're outdoors. So we also have the ability to safely teach outside and have people get their hands in the soil, plant things, work in cover crops, harvest, learn how to trellis tomatoes using various techniques. So I can't wait. We had such a successful um, back to back uh, set of um, pruning and fruit tree classes on Saturday. People loved being in the space. So we're going to roll out. Um, we'll announce at the beginning of every month what classes we have planned. Uh, we're expanding the team, too, and hiring a new community educator. So our team is growing to accommodate all of the, the interest and build our capacity. Is there a place where you, they, people can find out about the webinars? Because oh, we absolutely. have to talk a little bit about the plant sale. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So and you have one tomorrow, by the way. We folks. do. And I have extended the registration window until 10 p.m. tonight. And tomorrow is a great way to get started. I did it just for these listeners tonight. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so if you go to wasatchgardens.org, hover over community education, scroll down to workshops and webinars, you can navigate to the live registration link for uh, the intro to organic gardening. So it's very practical basics of organic gardening. We're not going to talk about the soil texture triangle and salt, you know, uh, um, sand, silt, and clay, and a, a lot of the technical stuff. This is like, what do you do right now to get started gardening this year? Cool. And that's tomorrow at 10 a.m. 10.30, 10.30, but you need to sign up by 10 o'clock tonight. 10 o'clock tonight is the registration deadline. So... We got to talk tomatoes. So tomatoes. every year I save three or four spots. You do trials and you have some really great Italian ones this year. We do. Tell, remind me the names. Okay. So um, some that we trialed last year that we are selling at this year's plant sale on Saturday, May 7th. At because Roland they Hall. were so good. Because they were so good. One is Grandfather Martino's. Mm -hmm. Now you and I love Abruzzese. We love San Marzano Redorta. Grandfather Martino will stand up to any beefsteak out there. I mean, you know, Brandywine, Cherokee Purple, whatever your favorite is. Sold, I'm trying it. But <laughs> we got 33 fruit off one plant, and they the smallest one was a pound. Wow. And the largest was an even two pounds. Oh. So, I mean, these things are monsters, and they have fabulous, rich flavor. Nice. So, like, our pink mm. jazz, you know, that when we went uh -huh, to the... Um, uh -huh. State Fair this year, the pink, my pink jazz won biggest tomato. Yeah, the flavor was, uh, was a little you bit of like a letdown for yeah. me. It was a little mild. Uh -huh. I like a really robust 
tasting fruit. The grandfather Martino's is absolutely fabulous. So is Merrill Schultz and Vincent Watts. Those are two others that we're bringing. And then I sent a photo to you guys earlier of Flanders Contrast. So it looks like a pear, and it is green when ripe, but it has blue shoulders. So where the, the top that attaches to the plant is a deep indigo blue. So fascinating shape and color incredibly productive and it tastes really good oh, i'm gonna try that so, one so the plant sale is in person this it's year in person what it's in person but you know pandemic and all we'll we'll be tracking as things go forward and we'll make sure that we do it in a covid friendly way mm. uh to keep everyone safe and comfortable so um it's going to look a little bit different than it has in past years, but it is going to be in person at Roland Hall on Saturday, May 7th. And uh, another pivot that we did for the online plant sale has now been transitioned to help the in-person plant sale. We've got a full color catalog. What? Wow. That will be available um, online. Uh, and at some point, it will also go out in our newsletter. We're talking full color catalog. I mean, maybe not like the Baker Creek catalog. <laughs> yeah, you, you brought um, your garden porn with you, the I Baker did. Creek catalog. No, this one is the, catalog. Whole the whole seed catalog. The cover fruit on here is called Black Strawberry. Now, this is one I've never grown, but it was just too pretty to pass up. So yeah. we will be selling this this year at the plant sale, too. Wow. That's so fantastic. So, uh, you know, the, you pivoted over the last two years, did this digital online sale. It was a learning curve. Are you going to do like the on-ramp to the freeway where, you know, red light, green light, are you going to have like timed access or well, anything? Well, we will be releasing details about <laughs> how that will work. Okay. Um, and it will be controlled. Controlled. So, folks, what she's saying is you really want to be following them on all their socials and on their website and their newsletters. Newsletters, yes. So um, just by virtue of signing up for a class, you get added to our newsletter list. But you can also email me and I will get you added to our newsletter list. Very easy. It's marybeth at wasatchgardens.org. I believe you can also sign up directly from the website. Okay. Check so, tonight's show notes because I'm going to include some of those tomatoes we talked about in the show post, folks. I mean, they are just stunning. And I have just hooked up with a seed saver in Indiana who grows a lot of Kentucky heirlooms. Uh, fascinating guy. I've got to talk to you um, about him. And um, I've gotten a bunch of his seeds, and we're going to be trialing those this year. So nice. they're all mm. true heirlooms that are heat tolerant because, hello, they're grown in Kentucky. It's uh -huh. a little bit toasty there. Uh-huh. And uh, so they should do well here as well. So amazing. Th you know, it's great to be back in the studio. It was great to have you here on the first night back. Oh, what a party. This is great. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. imagine it otherwise, Mary Beth. And, of course, you're the community education person over at Wasatch Community Garden. So when you sign up for a class, you're getting the best. Well, we try to keep people um, interested and in coming back. Um, so, yeah, please, everybody, <laughs> come join tomorrow, and uh, we'll chat about veggies. Thanks so much, Mary Beth. What's the website one more time? Wasatchgardens.org. And, Al, if folks want to get in touch with you about seed saving, because you're going to the Ogden Seed you, Exchange tomorrow. You can tomorrow. find me, uh, punkrockfarmer23 at uh, gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook at yeah, punkrockfarmer. And what class are you helping teach tomorrow at 10 a.m.? I'm going to do, do a resilience, and what is it? It's a... Um, 
just a basic a basic seed saving and starting class. And I'm going to expound on those folks, a few of the things that Mary Beth taught me six years ago when I took my first seed starting class from her. So this is the Ogden Seed Exchange Seed Swap at the Ogden Preparatory Academy in Ogden. Ten to one tomorrow. Ten to two. Ten they to added two an extra added hour. An hour. Yes. They punk rock farmer sized it. So uh, <laughs> check tonight's show notes for a link to that as well. Al will be there. And I finally got the letter for you to sign so we can put the seeds that everyone got from the last radiothon in the mail. They'll have them in time to plant. Okay, good. They'll have them in time to plant. And we're going to close with a song from our featured artist tonight, and that is Monica Pascal. Monica, thanks so much for coming down to the studio and joining us in person tonight. Absolutely. I'm sorry. If it helps if I turn you on. I'm still oh, on yeah. the board. So. <laughs> Uh, your your album, um, You Can't Kill Light, that you put out right before the COVID started, weren't able to tour, and so we're helping to share some of it tonight. Thank you. Tell us about this next song, Like You Still Own Me. Uh, yeah, so that song um, is about a long-time relationship um, with somebody who is very dear to me who got very ill, and um, so everything changed, but, you know, the emotions, everything but the emotions changed, <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, where can people pick up the album? And are you arranging any gigs in Salt Lake? I will be. Uh, anybody hear this? You want to call me? I'm here. <laughs> uh, MonicaPasquale.com is the easiest way. And that's P-A-S-Q-U-A-L, MonicaPasquale.com. I was missing a, a flourish on that. Monica Pasquale. Thank Pasquale. you so much. <laughs> and people can download from your website? Yeah, they can. Or at Bandcamp. All right, at Bandcamp. We'll put links in the show notes so you can check out Monica's albums. Al, why don't you do the honors and take us out? Okay, Monica, Monica Pasquale, Like You Still Own Me, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. I'm going to write it as it comes. I'm going to stop it when I have to. When there's nothing more to say. Land of sun on the floor, smell of coffee, and all I cannot throw away. You keep breaking down my walls, walking through these halls like you still own me. I couldn't recall the night I met you when I didn't think I would get you. you from the stage and the time you stood behind me in my arena painting and you asked if you could stay
KRCL, Salt Lake City. It might take a while for that rusted out Geo Metro in your garage to become vintage, so why not donate it in the meantime? KRCL's vehicle donation partner, Cars Inc., will tow your car, truck, motorcycle, or boat, give you a tax receipt, and cut a check to KRCL. That means your college SUBI can fuel Sagebrush Serenade, and your 1980 station wagon can power women who rock. For details on donating your vehicle to KRCL, drop by the support tab at krcl.org. 